Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. If someone was to ask you about the values of your church, I wonder what you would say. Increasingly, churches are thinking through the values that provide the foundation to all they do and encouraging all their members to be on board with the values as they serve Christ where he has placed them. Well, I'm joined this week by Tom Allsop and Alistair Foreman, pastors of Catch the Fire London, a church based in Wembley, London, but with influence nationwide and indeed worldwide. The church was planted under the oversight of John and Carol Arnott, who were involved in an outpouring of the Spirit in Toronto, Canada, back in 1994. Tom is one of the associate pastors and Alistair runs the 18 to 30s Momentum Group. So welcome, guys, to the Leadership File. Yeah, thank you. Um, so first of all, then, t- talk us about your personal journeys into into Catch the Fire. Tom, yeah, first of you, you first of all. Absolutely, yeah. So um, my wife, uh, Abby, and myself, we, we first bumped into Stu and Chloe, who were the senior pastors, um, probably about six six or so years ago. Um, I was actually at a worship conference up at HTB in London, and um, Stuart and Chloe were there uh, ministering um, w- with someone who was speaking there, and I, I actually felt God uh, really strongly impress upon me to, to go and introduce myself, which, if you'd known me at the time, would be uh, a, a great surprise to you, because that was very out of character for me. Um, and I, I went up to Stu uh, afterwards, after he'd finished praying for someone, and I kid you not, my opening gambit to him was, uh, hi, you don't know me, I'm not crazy, um, but I feel that God said I should come and introduce myself to you. Uh, and we just got chatting, and, and it actually turned out that um, him and uh, his wife, Chloe, were moving to Chorleywood uh, in the next few months, which is where my wife and I lived at the time. And, and certainly at that period in our lives, we were very much looking for a, you know, a couple to kind of mentor us and pour into us a bit. And, um, you know, just a, a couple that were a bit further on who could invest time and, and, uh, and, and, and help us and disciple us. So that was very much what we thought was going to happen with our relationship. So we just got to know them and... Uh, they uh, they were involved in a project in Kenya and involved with Catch the Fire and we we were just really hungry to see you know what they were doing and see what God was doing in their lives and we really saw God's hand on them uh, and it actually turned out that they said they were running a conference um, called an Ilsom an International Leaders School of Ministry and it was uh, about a week and a half uh, later um, so they suggested you know why don't you why don't you come along to that and kind of get a feel for mm. what we're about and what Catch the Fire is about and uh, so we we booked some time off off work. I went over to Jersey, and uh, I know the the term "changed my life" is is thrown around a lot, but it really did uh, change our lives. You know, we we had an incredible week, uh, incredible encounter with God, and uh, that really set us on the journey of relationship uh, with Stu and Chloe and and, and catch the fire. Uh, and subsequently, they were asked to plant the church with John and Carol. So the the church actually started in mine and Abby's front room uh, with Stu and Chloe and their intern at the time, Sarah, and myself and Abby. So the five of us sat in our little one-bedroom flat in, uh, in Chorleywood, and, and that's how Catch the Fire London started. And here we are kind of six, seven years later, and it's been a wild a wild ride. Okay, and your, your story, Alistair? Um, yeah, well, I, I uh, was, uh, I guess you could say I'm a product of youth ministry. Um, so I went through the youth group, as, as many people uh, do, and um, uh, in an Anglican church in Chorleywood. Um, and I... Uh, went through a lot of the sort of the the steps that a young person does I sort of got involved I started to get to know mm. God um started to build a relationship and although I was giving out a lot to God I was finding that my my relationship with him was was becoming strained and distant almost um which which seems like such a such a paradox considering what mm. I was doing um and um the the 
the my relationship to to catch the fire was actually um Stu, Stu as Tom said the the lead pastor used to mentor me when I was about 15 um and uh, used to ask me lots of awkward questions he never used to let me give him a cliche Christian answer and um and one day I just uh, I remember sitting on my bed at my my home in uh, Hemel Hempstead and saying you know Lord you know I love you um you know I'm serving you but I'm burnt out I'm burnt to a crisp I'm, I'm burning the candle at both both ends and I'm uh, I'm not in a good place. Lord, I need a mentor. I need somebody pouring mm. into me again. Can you provide someone like Stu? And within a couple of weeks, I had bumped into his wife in Nat West. I then bumped into them both at a conference. Then they came to my church. And suddenly, uh, God answered my prayer by giving me not just someone like Stu, but gave me him, mm. his wife, and this whole new church they were planting. Mm. Um, and so I sort of attended their church for about a year while I was still with my other church and then felt God sort of calling me down to Wembley and and uh, to be involved in it. And, uh, yeah, it's been incredible. Splendid. Well, you, we've we've touched on what the church is like a uh, kind of a long way in terms of your stories. But, um, you know, describe the church for us just in a few mo- a few words. Perhaps, Tom, you could do that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, um, it's interesting starting a, a church from scratch because you can really... Um, you know, you, you, you set the tone in terms of what you really feel mm. God's mm. called you to be. And, you know, every church has its uh, its mission and its its identity. And, you know, there are the, the core things, you know, obviously to, to further the kingdom mm. and to see people saved and healed and, and all of that. But but certainly with Catch the Fire, we really felt from the start that we were to be a presence-focused church, uh, really just deliberately running hard after the presence of God and, and everything that he has for us. And, and that's allowed us to create quite a unique um setting on a Sunday you know we worship on average for an hour and a half two hours uh, every every service and um, that's a, a major part of who we are and you know for some people that's a, <laughs> a bit of a marathon for sure but the nice thing is because we did start from scratch you know everybody who's come has really um, you know there's there's no uh, no one's under any illusion that we're you know we're, we're we're after anything other than you know the fullness of what God has so you know you don't you don't join a church like Catch the Fire if you you know you just want to turn up and mm. go through the motions. And and the the beauty of that is you know all of our all of our people that are with us, you know all of the people that are part of our family are completely sold out for for what God's doing. You know it's not a not a church to come and you know be a pew warmer as they would as they would say. So uh, it's it's lovely to have everyone really you know chasing hard after everything that God mm. has for them. And the sort of numbers, Alistair. Um... Well, that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> No, we're not trying to pigeonhole. No, it just, no. just gives, you know. Well, it's it's interesting actually. Um, the the fact with our with our numbers because we are part of our mandate of who we are is a resourcing centre mm. as well as a local church. Mm. Um, and so on any given Sunday, we could have forty, fifty percent of the people in the congregation that evening could be visitors, could be people right. coming okay. from um, another church, people who come uh, twice a month, or people who go to their own church and their own home church but come to us in the evenings so sometimes it can be quite hard to actually gauge Mm. who's actually you know who's uh, actually in our church i mean i guess sort of um in terms of sort of regular members we were somewhere between sort of 150 200 Mm. well i mentioned in my introduction that um that ctf is a a value centers church Mm. and um uh, some churches, of course, define themselves in terms of uh, dom- denomination. We talked to you know, <coughs> Anglican or Baptist or mm. Pentecostal or whatever. Um, what are the advantages of, of, of arranging a church around values? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess you have to talk, too, about the values of the the, pl- the kind of overseeing yeah, absolutely, absolutely. church so, uh, in, in Toronto. Sure. So Catch the Fire um, has a number of churches worldwide, um, you know, in the States and, and over in mainland Europe. We've just planted um, Catch the Fire Sydney. 
um, and 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 all of us uh, all of us really work on a values based system. And, and and the beauty of that, I was just saying with um, I was chatting with someone the other day and talking about you know when we when we live a values based lifestyle, um, it's the difference between telling people what to think and telling people how to think. Mm. Uh, the idea being, you know, when I'm being led by by Stu and Chloe and and, and and other leaders in in our network. You know, if I rely on them telling me what to think, then that requires them to be in the room. Whereas actually when we work on a values based system, the values uh, mm. lead us, you know, to they they I don't want to say dictate, but they they underpin everything we do. And the idea would be that whatever we're doing at Catch the Fire, it, whichever way you slice us, that, that our five core values run through through everything. So the, the five core values um, are. Uh, it, it used to be four with a with a nice acrostic of fire f i r e and we've since added a a fifth which kind of uh, <laughs> is another f so uh, the the fire doesn't work as well anymore but the first one being that the father heart of god um expressed through the cross of christ uh, that idea being that you know god is primarily first and foremost a loving father you know that underpins everything we do you know we look at the the life of jesus and he was mad about the father you know he he went as far as to say you know if you've seen me you've seen the father you know i only ever do what I see the Father doing. I only ever say what I hear the Father saying, and and He um, is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. And and that's not to say that we forget the other two members of the Trinity, but understanding that we are first and foremost children of God, and that He is a, a loving Father. That then leads us on to the eye of uh, fire, which is uh, intimacy. Um, and hearing God's voice, we believe that um, you know that the, the cross of Christ leads us into an intimate relationship with God. And intimacy is. Uh, is is more than just lovey-dovey feelings it's about really knowing god and allowing him to know us not in that he doesn't know us but mm. but allowing ourselves to be open um you know a lovely analogy i've heard of the word intimacy is into me see and just this sense that you know i don't want to have anything hidden i want to be completely you know laid bare before you and, and mm. you have full access to my heart god that that kind of idea which then leads us on to the r which is uh restoring the heart you know and the premise of that being that we we all get bumps and bruises along the way you know no one gets through life without being hurt either by situations and circumstances or other humans and and this idea that actually we all need to go through a healing process um to be uh, able to be fully the people mm. that god you know originally intended us to be and you know we throw this phrase around you know being who you were created to be not who you were raised to be and this idea mm. that you know mm. as we pick up various hurts it, it somehow distorts our calling and our identity and and then that that process of restoration then leads us on to the e which is for equipping and empowering we we believe that um you know our mandate is to equip and empower the saints mm. for supernatural works you know and and that's really the outward journey it's the the sense that 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 process that we go on of knowing that god is a good father you know mm. drawing us into intimacy having our heart healed up actually allows us to better represent his heart you know healing the sick and mm. raising the dead and you know casting out demons and mm. you know all the rest from that beginners list and then the uh, the fifth core value which is there in in black and white is fun um now i mean it, I, I got told off once by Stu for saying that wasn't you know a, wasn't a real core value but, <laughs> and he uh, lovingly rebuked me but the idea behind that is it's meant to be fun and it's meant to be you know living a christian lifestyle is meant to be like nothing else and um you know we, we're very uh, we're, we're very clear when we say there's a difference between happiness and joy. We're not talking about happiness, which is dependent on our circumstances. We're talking about joy, which is dependent on who he is. Mm. So even in the yeah. storms of life and, you know, the <laughs> the uh, the stormy seas, you know, we can still have joy because of who he is. And, and the Christian life is meant to be fun. It doesn't mean it's always easy necessarily, but it means that, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, you know, when I'm living life based on who he says I am, then that's a that's a fun life to live. 
Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, and I'm joined this week by uh, Tom Alsop and Alistair Foreman, pastors of Cats to Fire London. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Tom Alsop and Alistair Foreman. They're pastors of uh, Cats to Fire London. Uh, we were talking before the break of... Uh, uh, how they both got involved in Catch the Fire, a church is, uh, based in uh, Wembley, connected to the outpouring of the Spirit uh, back in Toronto, Canada in 1994. Um, and we're looking particularly at the values of, of the church and uh, being a values-driven church. And uh, before the break, um, Tom was outlining the the, the four, indeed five values <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of of Catch the Fire um, <coughs> around the acronym F-I-R-E uh, and the, f- the, f- the fifth fifth being fun um so um uh, thinking through those values are, are any of the values um harder to grasp than any of the others in your view tom or alistair maybe well i think i think for a lot of people um really how you how you approach god and how you see gods um is going to be very very different depending on where you've come from in your mm. life um, so we know some people who who have come to our church who have had very difficult experiences with their earthly father um, and maybe have had absent fathers mm. or, or abusive fathers. And so coming into a church where, you know, where we're saying we're, we're, we're engaging with the father and, you know, even using words such as like daddy or papa, you mm. know, to refer to him like Jesus said, you know, call him Abba. Um, some people, you know, f- will find that difficult if their their own experience with their earthly father was was a difficult one. Mm. Um, for some people, if they've um, if they've struggled um, with, uh, you know, like like where I came from, struggling with being so involved with serving and being mm. involved and and going out there and doing the stuff, actually to to stop and be intimate with God and mm. for not to be productive, that can be a real challenge as well. But with each one of those areas, those um, those are the areas that God wants to restore and he wants to uh, reveal his fullness in and actually wants to bring <coughs> us into life. And I think probably everybody who, who has come um, has probably you know, faced their own one of those mm. different areas where they mm. had to really engage with God. It was, it was really interesting actually for the first few years of the church um, what what we seemed to be in the first sort of two or three years was actually more of a hospital um, where a lot of Christians um, mm. came either broken from life or from um, from experiences with churches or 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 what whatever and came in and really wanted to go on a healing journey. So for a lot of people, the the restoring of the heart and the the intimacy and the father heart message was something that was really important for them. Mm as we've grown as a church I and mean, our, our pastor said this few few months back that our identity now is is less of a hospital and more of a he said more of an army barracks mm, in the mm. sense that people are coming we do have a medical tent where you can go and get healed up and patched up and get your healing but we also have a, a sending out mm. capacity now and i think that's really that's really interesting because we could we could have stayed as a hospital as a place hey you got hurt come to us we'll fix you up but actually, um, God has called us to be more than just to mm. people who who just get yeah. bandaged and and treated. He wants mm. us to be sent out, and mm. um, and so it's really nice being part of uh, a body and a family that is actually growing and developing, and not um, and not sort of almost pigeonholing into one yeah. area. And it's interesting, just just on that as well. Fairly early on, uh, someone gave a prophetic word for the church about. Um, 
us going through an experience very much like David uh, with with the cave of Adullam and and his mighty men and you know long before they were his <laughs> mighty men they were the I can't remember it's the destitute and the disheartened and all the other mm-hmm. D's you know and, and and just this sense that there is a a period like Alistair said where we you know we did have a lot of people that seemed to be in that stage of life but it's amazing that the the, the core values I mean it's it's almost like God knew what He was doing when He uh, <laughs> when He gave us them because it, it's just this sense that actually we're all on a journey and actually they're they're in that order for a reason and that's not to say you know we wait till we're fully healed up before we get to the equipping and empowering mm. of the saints because we all know that if we waited until we were fully mm. fully healed up you know nothing would would ever get done for the kingdom but just this sense that it does um it does flow in that order for a reason and actually you know like Alistair was saying you know you go through that season where you do need you know to to, to be patched up and healed up mm. but actually that there's a, a season where you do come out of that cave of Adullam and you become you know the mighty men of you know of, of David and you know all the amazing mm-hmm. stories of things they did and the the crazy exploits of you know uh, the the mighty men. But there was that season where they were you know mm. all huddled in that dark cave and you know down on themselves and and really wondering you know would they ever get out mm. of this this situation. And so yeah, it's been a an, an amazing privilege to to journey with people. And we have you know particular people. You know, there's a there's one lovely lady who I always call the the poster girl of Catch the Fire because mm. when she first arrived, you know, I mean, you literally would not recognise her today if you were to look at a photo of her from when she first came and you know she's been through this journey of allowing those hurts to be um you know to be worked through and that's very much been a mm. you know god god kind of healing her heart but but through that there's there's the outward manifestation that you know she she now looks different her countenance has changed mm-hmm. as she's gone on this journey of, of becoming more the person that she was born to be as opposed to the mm. person she was raised to be sure now um uh, a slightly awkward question i suppose is that is we, you've got the values, but okay, you, you, t- you teach the values as best you yeah. can to people who come. If, if people aren't on board with the values, what mm-hmm. what happens then? I'm not suggesting it's, no, no, it happens it's, a lot, but 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 I mean, is it a kind of all or nothing, or how yeah, does it I work? Mean, it's a great question. The I mean, the, I don't. I think you would struggle to find a Christian who wasn't on board with the idea yeah. of the values no, because sure, they're sure. all they're all biblically based. I think, if anything, our experience has been that some people have struggled like Alistair said, at certain parts of that journey. Mm. Um, for example, you know, the if you have been really hurt and wounded, you mm. know, often we, you know, we're, you know, Bible talks about, you know, that, that mm. concept of the heart of stone and, and often that's a defense mechanism that we put up, you know, when, when you've been hurt, you want to mm. make sure that you don't get hurt in that area again. And um, and so we have had people who, for them, the, the, the idea or the, even the thought of being vulnerable, either mm. with other, mm. other Christians or with God is just, for where they're at is too much to, to bear and, and so we've had people that you know sadly have started to come to that place where they're they're beginning to be open they're beginning to allow God to work on those those wounds and then all of a sudden the, the fear of you know being open again and being vulnerable mm. again um, is just too much to bear and they've they've shut down or they've you know even left the church because they, they just weren't at the point yet where where they felt that they could be vulnerable with God, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's so heartbreaking as a as a pastor, and a, yeah. even just as a as a fellow Christian, just to see people come so close to getting a breakthrough in terms of their their heart journey or their mm. their their God journey, but but almost being robbed of that because of fear or because yeah. of you know previous wounds. Mm-hmm. Anything, Greg? Yeah, I think um, it's the thing that I I've learned in my own walk is that um, that nothing worth having comes easy mm. and that there's particularly in our in our relationship with god and with each other that the things that we really want to chase after and the things that we really, really want to have the victory in um do require 
a vulnerability or do require mm. a level of risk or do require us putting ourselves out mm. there. Um, and that can be, you know, as like Tom says, that can be really difficult if you've been hurt in the past mm. by people. Um, if you've been hurt by organizations or if you've been hurt by leaders, you know, there's naturally you're not going to want to to um, be hurt again, you know. And, um, you know, like like Tom says, it's 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 heartbreaking when when you see um, somebody who who, you know, is really close to having that breakthrough and mm. um, and who is really close to sort of getting the victory in that area of their life that they want. But um, there's kind of like the old part of the old man, you know, the man that mm. Jesus, you know, nailed to the cross, comes back and sort of starts making the mm. decisions. You know, um, mm -hmm. Tom's wife, Abby, said an amazing thing um, that um, and you can correct me if I get this wrong, but mm -hmm. um, about um, uh, God saying, you know, um, to his wife, Abby, um, you're really good at raising the dead. And she said, oh, am I? Says, yeah, you 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 bring the old person back to life every day. <laughs> okay, You're yes. raising the wrong dead. Was raising the wrong dead. <laughs> yeah, and oh. and sometimes we see that um, that experience that somebody's bringing back that old person who was who was nailed mm. to the cross, who Jesus, you know, who Jesus died for, and instead of being the new person they're called to be, end up sort of retreating to the old person, and and so I think for me that's that's the hardest thing um, that it's 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 when somebody doesn't want to make themselves vulnerable or it's just too scared or mm, just mm. you know has just been hurt so many times yeah. in the past um and as a, as a pastor you know I'm, I'm being led by tom as much as i'm um you know trying to go and lead other people and i'm really learning right now how to how to deal with that when there's somebody who mm. who um who just doesn't want to make that 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 extra step and, and that's hard because mm, the mm. pastoral heart in me wants to see everybody you know come into their freedom mm. and and that's you know i can i can appreciate that it was tough for jesus sometimes yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. um and and my final question times almost defeated us sadly but um uh, you know the, the leaders listening who are thinking you know this is this sounds terrific love love the values that you've <coughs> you've supported um how would they go about thinking through the, the values maybe that underpin their church regardless of their denomination you know there are values that will yeah that will be precious to them yeah and i guess i mean it's it's interesting uh something we often say is you know it's we need to we need to ask ourselves who we are not what we do and mm. I, I truly believe that who we are defines what we do not mm. what we do defines who we are and mm. and that would be my advice for starting uh you know mm. that journey of more of a, a values-based mm. concept is actually you know particularly corporately as a church you know who has god called us to be you know there, there are so many different expressions of the body mm. and, and 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 different churches have a different calling a mm. different identity and very much for us that that journey of the core values started on uh, started when god said this is who i want you to be as an expression of my body you know this mm. is your calling as a as a church you know like alistair said yes the local church expression but also this concept of a resource center and and it, and, and both individually as well you know who has god me to be i you know I, I was saying um i was preaching uh, a few months back on this concept of you know our, our character uh, and then our calling and then our capabilities but but this idea that i was saying you know when i go to a party it often foxes people if i i say so so who are you instead of what do you do <laughs> naturally you're, you know your opening question will be with someone you know so tell me what Indeed, do you do yeah, yeah. whereas actually asking people you know so who are you and and, and you know the, <laughs> the look me. of shock on their face existential questions yeah, absolutely yeah, absolutely but but it's a values-based thing, you know. As a my 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 identity as a as a son of God, my identity mm. as a 
you know, a, a father and, and, and those are my, that's who I am. And actually what I do flows out of who God says I am. And, mm. and, and, you know, we see that in the, in the life of Jesus as well. You know, he, he had a clear mandate and mission, but his, his primary, you know, the, the baptism of Jesus, it was mm. a, it was an identity statement. This is my son mm. in whom I'm well pleased. And he knew who he was and that then flowed into his mandate and mission, which mm. was to, you know, extend the kingdom to, you know, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and to, you know, to, to lead people to the father. So I, I think for, for me and for us as a church, you know, we, we want to understand who we are. Mm. And then that leads us to, you know, what do we do? What's my calling? Okay. Well, sadly, time's defeated us, guys. <laughs> yes. But um, thank you so much for, for all that you've shared. And uh, if you're listening and this is new to you, uh, why not think through the, the values that uh, underpin your church, the values that you think uh, God has been uh, inc- equipping you for or encouraging you to, to, to lay down? So my thanks to, to Ton Allsop and to uh, to Alistair Foreman, who are pastors of Catch the Fire London. Uh, do... Um, Log on to Premier's own website uh, to premier.org.uk and listen to archived versions of the Leadership File, including this one, in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.